Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and I'm about to say a sentence that I've only uttered once before and I've waited two full years to say it again. Welcome to our Champions League final preview. Now I could talk a lot of pretentious tosh at this point about what this game means, but you know what it means. I could wax lyrical about how amazing this side is, but you've seen them be amazing a thousand times before. I'm not even going to make any jokes about our nerves, because right now we've all got them that sicky feeling in our tummies and a rising sense of dread as kickoff looms. This is torture. So let's try and help alleviate those nerves. Let's remind each other over the next hour why we should be feeling really excited as we stand on the very precipice of history. For a meaningful task such as this, I'm delighted to be joined by two blues in Asan and Ali, whose opinions I greatly value. So let's waste no further time and listen to them. Hi Asan, you there? You well? I'm excellent, Steve. Have you seen my Twitter timeline this morning? It's been superb. It's just <laughs> owned so much. And frankly, when when they are of the low caliber of the Guardian ones today, it is like just shooting ducks in a barrel. But you, you've it shot, is. you've aimed, and you've got them on target. <laughs> Unbelievable, <laughs> aren't they? Unbelievable. In fact, it's not on the agenda, but we'll actually start with that shortly. Um, Ali, you there? You well? I am, yeah, but can I just check? Did I did I hear you correctly saying that this is a Champions League final preview show? Can you just say that again? Yeah, it is. Didn't quite process yeah. it. <laughs> Welcome to the Champions, Champions League, League final, final preview. Yeah. Wow, that sounds good. Yeah. Is, am I right in saying that next year is at Wembley? Yes, it think, is. Think, yeah. Wow, okay, okay. But I think I'm getting a bit ahead of myself. <laughs> um, let's get... <laughs> Let's take it one step at a time. Um, let's get to those articles that's come out today, 24 hours before an English club is playing in the Champions League final. We all remember how the media would previously respond to English clubs in Europe. Um, Asan, what have you made of it? Has it has it surprised you in any way? No, of course it hasn't surprised <laughs> me. I, uh, you know, I realised something this morning. Well, actually not this morning. I, I felt it since... Uh, the season ended or the week before the season ended when the article started in earnest. Maybe even a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, I'd get quite offended by some of that stuff and it really, it bothered me. It'd get under my skin. And honestly, now I find it hilarious. Like I genuinely, I, I just love reading it. It's so, I don't know, it's, it's a it's a moment in it's a moment in time it's a moment in history that it's that simple i don't think that when we look back in 10 years 20 years 30 years um none of us will remember that stuff do you know what i mean the, the things yeah, exactly. that we'll remember yeah. the things yeah. that we'll remember will be the games the goals the trophies the days out the the moments that you enjoy with your mates that that kind of you know what do they say today's newspaper is tomorrow's chip shop wrapping i mean yes it, it, it's just it's it's not that relevant but i just i think the thing that i find really funny is the there's this kind of uh need to to for people to claim that they're indifferent about city and it's like that's you're not bit. Yeah. yeah, you're not indifferent, lads. Like, look up the definition of indifference. <laughs> you are literally the opposite of what indifference is. Ali, what have you made of it all? Uh, like it, I said, it's predictable. Um, I've, I've been fully mm. braced for it, and I am uh, trying. I've, I've said this before, but you know that photo of uh, of Mario Balotelli in Derby in in the six one yes. when he's got Rio Ferdinand and Anderson and whoever else. Yeah at him and he's got this look of absolute serenity and placid calm on his face like i try to maintain that exact attitude throughout um mm -hmm. and you know the, i think we as city fans we really do need to get better or everybody hates us and we don't care you know the the actually kind of instrumentalizing the hatred to to become part of the pleasure part of the fun of it all is is i think an important um kind of developmental stage that we've got to go through. Um, but I mean, like, as, as you were saying, the one in the Guardian today is properly hysterical. It's, um, you know, like, it, you can pick about just about any line and it is demonstrable bollocks. Um, but I think the, 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 <laughs> bit for me, the, the ultimate was when he talks about how uh, 
uh, Manchester City are ruining football by becoming to me you know, by winning everything, and then talks about how his heart was broken when we beat Real Madrid <laughs> in the Champions League. It's like, Real Madrid have like won what fourteen Champions Leagues or or European Cups, including like five of the last ten, and he's complaining that we're beating them. I, I you give up? You honestly, you just have to give up. You can't. You cannot take that sort of stuff seriously. Um, they are they are absolutely. Uh, Flying on fumes and bile and nothing else. Let them let them revel in it. Absolutely, and they will get no further airtime from us. I want to start the ball. Well, actually, there's a, there's a big question I want to ask, and then after that, I just want to get all the any negativity out of the way. So there's about two or three negative questions, just in case anyone's listening and thinking, "Bloody hell!" So I, I'm getting them out of the way. But before we get to the negativity. I want each of you to answer this, but I'll start with you, Asan. How are you feeling right now? Sick. But that yeah. probably has more to do with going out last night. Um, as I was saying off air, I think I think I've, I did a I did a really good job for most of the week of distracting myself with work, just focusing on the work that I've got to do. And then last night, or about six o'clock yesterday, I'd had another good day of writing, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to ring a mate of mine and, and go for a little beer. Well. That little bit didn't end until about one o'clock this morning. So, yeah, <laughs> I've started. Uh, I've started the weekend a little bit early. Um, in terms of the game, honestly, I'm really relaxed. I, I saw somebody um, like there was a conversation going around this morning about who will play, and somebody said Omares oh, might start, and then somebody else replied with like, you know, like I'm going to kick my TV if Mares starts, something like that, and I was just. Just felt like saying, lads, it's the European Cup final. Just relax, enjoy it. Like you know, you you're not gonna you can't, you can't change what Pep will do. You can't control what Pep will do. You can't control what the players will do. All you can can control is your own how you how you enjoy it or don't enjoy it. And I just think it's it's a weekend to be enjoyed. Simple as. I 100% concur with that. Um... I am nervous, but it's 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 a nervous excitement, and you know that should always be embraced. I mean, life should be about you know having moments where you're nervously excited. Um, otherwise, just what's the point in living? Um, Ali, how are you feeling? I've been all over the place this week, to be honest. <laughs> uh, any efforts to get any work done or do anything constructive or useful at all, I've just failed dismally. Um, at one you know, at one point, I uh, I've got a little digital radio in the kitchen that I I listen to chatter when I'm when I'm cooking or doing the washing up, um, and it's normally on Five Live and. Uh, I think Monday or Tuesday this week. I thought, right, yeah, you know, I, I can't listen to any more like inane talk about football. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be grown up, and I'll put Radio Four on, and I'll listen to like the the six pm news on Radio Four. And I got about ten minutes into these people talking about, you know, the 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 environmental catastrophe in the USA and the war in Ukraine and the economic collapse of the UK. And I was just thinking, guys, what are you talking about? Don't you know there's a Champions League final on Saturday? And I, I immediately I could turn back on to five last. <laughs> listen to people talking absolute inanities about football again uh so yeah that's where i've been but i have been uh i've been making every effort like like if and to if and to continue to enjoy it and i think i have been you know I, i've been churning all week but it's been in quite a good way you know none of it's been unpleasant i've been uh i've been waking up every morning and counting down the days and the hours and the minutes until kickoff um and can think about absolutely nothing else but it's all been good and i have to keep telling myself this is exactly where we want to be and this is how i want to be spending the week before the champions league final yeah i was just saying off air wasn't i that um about 10 minutes before we, we started this pod my wife said to me you're really scatty today what, what's wrong with you today and it's like don't you know what's going on tomorrow <laughs> it's just it starts to really build in me now and yeah as, as with yourself ali i am all over the shop today i really am i can't settle on anything but it's it's a good feeling it should be embraced you know it let's face it we could be leicester city <laughs> you know um but let's get some negativity out of the way uh, or I should say some potential negativity. Um, let's start with, because I've got two negative questions, one for you, Asan, one for you, Ali. So, Asan, um, is this, would, would there be, if we lost, <laughs> if we lost, would there be any psychological ramifications to that, to lose two Champions League finals with everyone externally saying, 
you know, you need to win it to prove you're a great side. Would would there be any ramifications going forward if we lose on Saturday? No, because we're not going to lose. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Mike drop. Ali. <laughs> Mike drop. No, fair enough. Fair enough. It was just something that occurred to me. I thought... In, in the same way as we, we look back in hindsight of a QPR game and say, what if, how would it have affected the players? And I just thought, how will it affect the players if we lose on Saturday? Uh, to, to have a season such as we've had to end with what would be classed externally as a disappointing double, which would be ridiculous. Um, there might well be some kind of fallout from that. But last negative question then goes to you, Ali. Um, there'll be no complacency from the players. Of course there won't. But Everyone is is upbeat about this. Everyone's feeling that, and, and even the press are saying that you know it's cities to win. Is is that does that make you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, it does, but only from a kind of voodoo and superstition point of view, not from any yes, kind of rational same. footballing yeah. knowledge. You know, I I know full well that the, these players, the, the you know the uh, eleven guys who take the pitch tomorrow night, have gone into so many matches as overwhelming favourites to win, and they have learned to deal with that, and and they will not be at all bothered by the fact that um, they are they are tipped to win or they are everyone's favourites or whatever. Uh, they will go out and and do what Pep. Guardiola has told them to do uh, and I've got absolutely no doubt whatsoever that they will deliver um, so yeah I keep noticing that and I keep thinking about it and I keep like oh, I keep being wary of tempting fate myself and being overly confident and, and doing anything to curse it whatsoever but I know it's all bollocks and, and none of it makes a blind bit of difference <laughs> I do not have if I had the power to uh, to influence football results in, in Istanbul with the, the sheer power of my willpower and mind uh, then I would be uh, monetizing it a lot more effectively than I am doing at the moment I, you know what mine stems from um, that kind of stereotype of Italian football which I can't shake, and really we'll get to this quite shortly uh, as regards to um, Simone and Zaghi's Inter compared to Conte's Inter. You know, we're not stereotypically Italian as such, but I can't shake that, you know, all the cliches about Italian sides in European competitions, that's what I can't shake. Because I was was thinking to myself, why was I so confident ahead of a second leg against Real Madrid? And I'm less confident now. And that's what it comes down to, I think. It's just stereotypes, it's just cliches, but... um, and a bit of superstition too, as you say. Okay, um, Asam, is this the game? Is this the time that will define Guardiola's era? Do you think? I think this, in a way, this whole season already feels like it has been that. Um, I think winning a third Premier League title on the bounce uh, really cements something in terms of Guardiola's legacy. Uh, I think getting to the Champions League final, regardless of the outcome, by beating Real Madrid and Bayern Munich en route, I think it just, you know, it the the narratives around history making are all there. Um and I do think that I think I think Inet Milan are a really good team, but I think that City will beat them tomorrow night. And if they do, then yeah, I mean, Guardiola is already in the pantheon of greats. For me, he's the greatest ever. Um, I don't think that winning or losing tomorrow night changes him being the greatest ever. I also think a little bit externally. I think one of the things that that has happened in the last five or six years is obviously not winning the Champions League has been a stick to beat Pep with, but you can bet every single penny that you've got that if he wins the Champions League, all he'll talk about is the money and Haaland. It's just it's 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 inevitable that externally he ain't getting any credit. So, you know, internally his I think his I think his legacy is cemented already. Don't you? I agree. If we win uh, on Saturday, though, it'll be uh, you've only won it once. So, <laughs> but the goalposts will always be. Moving they always down, move, don't so. they? Yeah, totally. They always move the goalposts. Uh, I'm going to stay with you, Asan, but I want both of you obviously on this because it's such a big subject to explore. The kind of lineup predictions and how you're feeling about the possible start in eleven. Um, Asan, over to you first. Who do you? There's not going to be any funky surprises, are there? I mean, look, I said on I said on the timeline this morning that I, I feel as though Mares might be the uh, the left field 
signing up uh, signing the the left field uh selection tomorrow but that's about as controversial as i can see it getting i think you know I, there's there's obviously a very 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 stable lineup um that he's used in in all of the big games i'm 95 percent sure it'll be that lineup the only question is walker akanjiake which two out of those three play um yeah yeah, that's about it, really. Where, where do you fall on that? On, on those two out of the three, on a, on a personal note, who would you prefer? It's difficult, you know. I think that Walker and Akanji have played so well that I'd be tempted to stick with them. But then I said on an, on another pod that Dumfries and Ake, they're international teammates. They know each other well. Maybe there's something in that. Maybe there's something in the idea that you... Because they will play on the same side because he's the right wing back and Ake will be our left back. So maybe there's something in in picking Ake and then choosing between Akanji or Walker for the right. Okay. Um, Ali, anything to add with regards to players you'd like to see start or like to feature? No, I mean, I can't add anything to what Isan just said. But um, I mean, it's, if... Uh, if Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola were to phone me up this afternoon and say, "Ali, what do you think I should do tomorrow?" Hmm. Um, I say, "Hey, you should think about think about starting Phil uh, instead of Bernardo on the right." Um, but I don't think he will. Uh, I would like to do that, and that's yeah. largely uh, an emotional thing about my relationship with with uh, Phil Foden. Um, <laughs> and beyond uh, beyond that, uh, I, I, yeah, I, it's a good call that if he were to pull some kind of rabbit out of the hat, then Mara's starting on the right is not a bad bet. Um, he may want to be a little bit more uh, aggressive is the wrong word, but kind of uh, more than a forward foot against Inter than, than he has been against either Bayern or, or Real. Um, but the, the, the truth is I would be very surprised if he picks anything other than uh the the you know same 11 give or take which you know, the, the 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 dabbling at the back three um yeah it's going to be the same 11 as in the quarterfinals and the semi-finals um but he's not going to like do one of his like proper pep madnesses of of years gone by i think he's got that out of the system now um and to be perfectly honest any of the you know any of the rabbits out the hat that we're talking about here, I'd be fine with any of them. If he if he picks Aki and drops Walker, it would be really tough on Kyle Walker, um, but Aki would probably deserve it. If he were to uh, pick Phil or uh, Riyad Mahrez instead of Bernardo, it would be incredibly hard on Bernardo. Uh, but both Riyad Mahrez and Phil Foden are good enough and have earned a spot in the Champions League final. So I would be completely happy to trust Pep with whatever he wants to go with. Um, if he does make any tweaks, it will be because of something that he has seen in that interview, yes. uh, yes. that insane, and and a, you know, a little chink in their armor that he spotted that you know he would be much more likely to see than I would. So I'm not going to argue with him. Um, I am really quite uh, tranquil about all of this. It, whatever he picks, I will be good with it. Um, and I'm really not expecting any uh, you know, yeah any furious WhatsApp exchanges in when, an hour and a quarter before the kickoff when the teams come out. Like, well, that's hope not. Yeah, because it's a distraction that more than anything as well, uh, as regards from us as fans. Um, Asan, I included this question in the agenda, deleted it because I thought it's it's a you know it's it's not a very good question, and then I thought I would actually struggle to answer this, so I'm I'm going to ask it. You. Oh, <laughs> cheers, mate! One player. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, hospital pass coming curious. mate yeah. hospital pass exactly that no I'm genuinely curious as to who, who you picked for this because um, if you could pick one player to have a big game for City and you know you've got the magical powers this person is definitely going to have a big game who would it be Haaland right I've, I went with Haaland I started with De Bruyne went to Haaland even changed to Gundo at one point so, so why Haaland just for the by virtue of the fact that that, that would be he's going to score at least a couple of goals. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a goals thing. And I think also um, he's the type of player where if he has a big game, that will impact everybody around him in a positive way. Um, and I, I, I don't know, like there's just, there's, there's so many narratives around his first season um, at City. So for me, I just, I feel as though if Haaland has 
even even half a big game tomorrow, we win. Yeah. Uh, Ali, is there anyone else? Who, I mean, would would you go for De Bruyne or Haaland for you too? Uh, I'll give you a couple of uh, a couple of answers, and it's neither of those actually. Um, uh, first one, I I do actually expect Johnny Stones to have a huge game. Uh, I he he has been so immense over the last few months, and I think uh, we'll come on to talk about Inter in a minute. But um, uh, my, I, I am worried about their midfield, and I think uh, John Stones may well absolutely boss that, and, and I'm expecting it of him. Um, but the other, I, I've got, uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to drop in a revelation I had this week. Um, I'll, I'll let me let me wind back a bit. Um, as part of distracting myself in the Champions League final, uh, Claire, my wife, and I have been rewatching uh, Better Call Saul, and we're about to go into Breaking Bad as well. Now, I think both of you guys have because we've talked about it before, but if anyone out there listening has not yet watched Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, you've got 10 weeks until the season starts again with Community Shield, and I recommend you doing that over your summer. But uh, I'll get to the point. There is a character in both of these series called Mike. Mike is a, a, an old guy with a beard, doesn't say much, he's very quiet. When things are going well, you don't even notice he's there. And then when you have got a crisis, when there's a disaster, when your back is to the wall and shit is at the fan and you need someone to step up and save your arse, Mike just steps up and bosses it. And I was watching this this week and I thought, Mike, you are okay, Gundogan. And whenever, whenever there's a disaster, whenever there's like impending catastrophe, Ilke will just step up and sort it out for you without even blinking. He's just there. Um, so that was the revelation that I had while uh, obviously watching Better Call Saul and still thinking about the Champions League. Uh, but I will say that my my tip for someone to uh, my tip for a man of the match tomorrow uh, might well be John Stones. Um, but if things are going badly and we need a couple of goals in the second half, then Ilke Gundogan has done it so often for us, um, you know, particularly over the last year and a little bit. Uh, and I fully expect he will be there again if we need him. I think against Aston Villa, uh, he was a Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Just <coming laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All of <laughs> similar, similar role. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, uh, the cleaner. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Aysan, obviously, it's a huge occasion, and obviously, there are huge mistakes are huge too. Um, will this affect how we play as opposed to how we ordinarily play? I hope not. I mean, I, I feel as though. What happened in Porto two years ago was very much connected to the City players playing the occasion rather than just playing the game of yes. football that was yeah, in yeah. front of them. Um, and I like the fact that in the build-up to this game, everybody's talked about Guardiola. I've seen Kev talk about it. I've seen a couple of other players talk about it, that the best way to approach uh, a game like tomorrow is to just look at it like another Premier League game. It's just, you know, it's a game of football. It's what we do. It's our job. We're good at it. We're, we're meant to go out and beat teams and and that's what we should go out and do tomorrow night. I think getting yourself caught up in what does it mean, you know, what will it mean for your career, for your legacy, all that sort of stuff. It's, I think those things are for after the game. I think going into the game, you've just got to approach it like it's another game of football. Um albeit a rather large game of football. <laughs> it's funny because yeah, I say I, mean, I say all that, I say all that, and then I'm just like sat here going, yeah, but I feel like I'm going to puke up. So there, there, there has to be some, there has to be some nerves or, you know, tension or adrenaline. There has to be. You, you can't completely shut the occasion out, but you've got to try and shut out as much of it as you can. I would I would say, you know, that it's easier for the players than it is for fans because once that whistle goes, that's it. They're in the zone, aren't they? They're playing a game of football yeah. they do twice a week all their life. Whereas for us, we're still outside looking in and so the nerves are still there. And so in that regard, I think they have it easier. Um, Ali, what shape are we in right now? Um, we've been, since particularly since kind of early February, we've been absolutely incredible, I think. But... Um, if you look back at the last couple of weeks you know, of the season and the FA Cup final, um, do we look tired at all? Are there any players that are concerning you in terms of uh, kind of fitness or form? Um, or are we in? Are we banging form? 
I think the main thing to say is that uh, for the last four or five months, uh, we have done everything that we have needed to do on pretty much every occasion. Uh, so when we, whatever levels we have needed for that particular evening or that particular afternoon, we found them. Uh, now that includes the dead rubbers in the league at the end of the season where we weren't great and obviously we made loads of changes. And, um, and you know, even... You know, the FA Cup final, and FA Cup final is a weird match. It's it's got a different different energy to any other football game, and particularly a derby um, with United in the the kind of mood they were to to spoil our party and all the rest of it. And um, it doesn't really compare to any other football match, including the one tomorrow. Now, again, you know, the, the match tomorrow is is uh, it's got entirely its own dynamic and its own energy, uh, and to in every possible respect, it's really it's a one-off occasion. Um, in terms of form, I mean, I'm I'm a little bit worried that Kevin had one of his games last Saturday when he just looked about five percent off on his radar. You know, the 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 killer balls through the eye of a needle uh, weren't quite getting through the eye of the needle more often than not. Um, I mean, he still. You know, had the setup or the assist for for two goals, so he can't complain too much. Uh, but uh, he, you know, he didn't look his his absolute firing at his as deadliest best. Um, hopefully, he does find his absolute A game tomorrow. Uh, but whether he does or not, we uh, we're now well beyond the point where we need KDB to be absolutely top of his game in order to win. Uh, at, at any level, including this one, um, and I think one of the things we, we've seen a lot this season uh, is that uh, KDB can be slightly off his game, and the rest of the team step up and 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 you know, not cover for him. It's the wrong word, but but you know, make it much less of a, a deal breaker than it would have been a couple of years ago. Uh, so no, it, it's the the. The the great thing is we have had uh what four weeks now of more or less a game a week for for our our first choice players um building up to this and I think by far the most um the, the strongest cause for optimism and belief that I have got is the response of our players to winning the FA Cup final uh, last Saturday when the very first thing all of them said was one more match, one more match. Winning the FA Cup final was an incredibly important achievement and it was an incredibly important step, but it was that. It was a step towards the ultimate objective, which is to win the treble. Um, and the very second that final whistle went last Saturday, all of those players were thinking about this week. Um, and I think that that gives me cause to believe that they will be in, in better form tomorrow than they were last week. Because, you know, um, two weeks ago, in, in the run-up to the cup final, they were they were focusing on two games ahead. And at least half their attention was not on the FA Cup final, it was on the week after in Champions League. Um, and for the last week, they've been able to focus on absolutely nothing except Inter, uh, absolutely nothing except the, the, you know, 90 minutes or possibly, 120 minutes from from eight o'clock on Saturday night, um, and I've got absolutely no doubt that they will be on it and and not the, on it in a in a very controlled and and structured fashion. You know, it, it, they they've got uh, 90 or 120 minutes um, of football, and then they can go to the beach for 10 weeks or however long Pep gives them off. Uh, so, you know, they, there's no excuse to leave anything out there. There's nothing else to think about. Uh, they can focus entirely in this match, and I've got no doubt that they will. Well, that, that leads me into the next question uh, quite neatly then. Um, I'll start with you, Aysan. How do you see this game playing out? Because people tend to think of Inter as a counter-attacking side, um, and that was true, obviously, under Antonio Conte, but they are far less so these days. In fact, last season, they had the third highest uh, amount of possession in Serie A, uh, and there is talk kind of coming out of, being leaked out of kind of Italy, that they have no intention to just sit deep and just, you know, withstand pressure and, and try and hit City on the break. With that in mind, um, how, how do you see the actual... Kind of, if we break it down into the two halves, uh, the first half going and then the second half, how will how will that play out? Do you think? 
I think a lot of it will depend upon how Inter Milan play. I take your point about the amount of possession that they had last season, but the reality is that that three-five-two system um, in the bigger games, it's they're built to play on the counter-attack. That's that's the way that that's the way that they do play a lot. Um, but they're really good at it, and they've got really good players in attack. Um, so it's really it's really hard to predict how the game plays out. The one thing I would say. I don't think we were great in the first half against United. I think we have to be much better than we were last weekend. Um, I, I, because I feel as though Inter Milan are a better team than Man United, to put it bluntly. Um, and they've got more threats in terms of goal threats. Um, so it's a game where I would expect City to dominate the football, but I would also expect them in moments to try and mix it up and go long a little bit try and you know it's something that we did against Arsenal that I think worked well uh, is almost when they pressed we just bypassed the press by kicking it long to Haaland and suddenly you've got a three-on-three break um, if in Milan do decide that they want to try and press us further up the pitch then we do have that option as well as weird as it sounds like these finals are rarely like amazing games of football um but i have the sneaky feeling that tomorrow night will be a really good game of football and a really entertaining game of football because i just think there's enough good players in both teams and they have contrasting systems and contrasting styles so it's not a it's not a game where you feel as though the two teams are just going to nullify each other. So no, I, I, I think it, I think it will be an, an entertaining game. I don't want to say an open game because that will depend upon a lot of that will depend upon how Inter play. I'd love it to be an open game. I, I think that if they if they did come out and play, it'd be a lot of fun because they will score a goal if not goals. And so will City, and I'm, I'm not sure I'd be saying that if it's like two, two with ten minutes to go, something like that. But for as I sit here now, uh, I think it'd be nice if it was a little bit of an open, entertaining game. Well, we'll certainly do one. I mean, the last three Champions League finals have finished one nil, and so that can't continue. Surely you you'd expect it to be you know two or three goals in in the game tomorrow. Ali, how are you feeling about it? How do you think it's going to play out? Um, I think I think it will be quite cagey certainly first half uh, one factor that we haven't really talked about much and, and nobody's really talked about much is just how incredibly good our back three stroke four are now um, and we talk about how good Inter Milan are particularly coming forward um, and they've got some you know really talented creative players and really scary players but we have got an absolute wall of a defence and they will find it incredibly difficult to score against us um, however they try and do it, whether it's with you know, uh, you know possession and slow build up or, or you know, hitting us in the break. Um, we have shown again and again and again that even the very best teams in Europe struggle to score goals against us uh, so uh, that's one reason for confidence um, I I do what I mean. I don't know, go on and talk about their players. Um, I think they've uh, Onana is a really uh, he's the kind of goalkeeper that has got the capacity to produce you know, mind blowing saves and and just you know impossible yeah. performances. Uh, he's got a rick in him too, I think. Um, but you know, it, it, a bit like Courtois, um, you could imagine him having the kind of game where we you know we throw the kitchen sink at their goal and just nothing will get past him uh so that worries me a bit um and i'm an enormous fan of nicola barella uh every time i've seen him play he looks really dangerous and just really well organized Alec, and, do, you, and, do you know what his um his nickname is i don't think i do it's the pocket radio because he never stops talking throughout the game he does a, like a running commentary of the game apparently there you go. <laughs> That's oh, funny. You learn something. Uh, well, yeah. Um, and he's 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 so dynamic. Uh, he's actually, you know, we, uh, this is not a transfer pod, but uh, when people have been talking about midfielders, <laughs> we may or may not yeah, be interested. And in, I've always had half an eye on him. And there's always, there's been so much talk about him going to a Premier League club, whether it's you know Liverpool or Chelsea or whoever might be in it. And I, I I've got a little bit of Barella envy. I, I won't deny that. Um, 
so uh you know maybe we'll revisit that discussion another time um and then of course you know their, their wing backs are really dangerous and and uh, i think a large part of the the story of the game might be determined by to what extent we can force their back three into a back five. If we can keep uh, yes. DeMarco, yeah. DeMarco and, uh, and Dumfries, yeah. if we can keep them right back in, in their fullback positions rather than their winger positions, um, then it'll, it'll give us an awful lot, you know, an easier game. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how it plans out, but I, I was, I was trying to, kind of match up on the teams and I was wondering you know in in which positions would you you know swap any of their players for any of ours um and however good they are the bottom line is we are just better uh, <laughs> we have got better players and, and we've got a better manager and we've got a, a better team spirit and we have got loads of confidence and it is any kind of objective assessment and rational assessment of this game that doesn't involve oh it's city and oh it's football and anything can happen which of course are, are huge factors here can't forget that um but you know a- any rational analysis should be that city will win and will win if not comfortably then then with a bit to spare okay a scoreline prediction ali i think 2-0 with both goals in the second half okay uh, a sand score prediction yeah, I've got no idea, man. You want me to give a score prediction for the Champions League final? That feel, just feels a bit mad. Um, I'm going to go with 3 2 City. In City, normal time. Yeah, in normal time. City to take a three goal lead, Inter to get two goals back, and the last 10 minutes for all City fans to be watching with their eyes closed. God, oh, God, I'm, no, please. No, for, no, no. I'm equally nervy, 2 1. <laughs> Um, 1-1 in normal time. I think we'll get a winner in, in extra time. Um, okay, let's turn our, our attention to Inter. Um, Ali kind of broke down there a lot of their, their strengths. Um, let's kind of concentrate on their forward line. So a couple of kind of stats for you. Um, Lotaro Martinez has... It was the second high scorer in Serie A last season with 21 goals. No player in Serie A scored more match winners. Um when you've got Lukaku, who's, who's banged in seven in his last seven starts, and there's a certain 37-year-old Eden Dzeko, who, you know, may be a threat, may not, may feature, may not. Let's let's wait and see. Um, but big thing, you know, I've been breaking down the comparisons between the teams all all week, and some of them are bloody close. I mean, they really are. They look like um, clean sheets. I mean, we're talking about a, a 0.3% in it across the whole season. They are, you know, the equal of City in that regard. It's for goals. They've scored 100 goals exactly this season. We've scored 50. We've scored a full third more goals this season um, than them. Um, And when you break it down, it's mind-boggling. We've scored across a whole long season, even including the Community Shield, we've scored a goal every 36 minutes. So that's my biggest take, I would say, from this, this week in doing all the research is just our firepower. And, of course, a lot of it in the form of, of Haaland. But going back to Inter, um, Aysen, I'll start with you. We, we've named them individually, but if you kind of look at their setup, their shape, their approach, what's the biggest strength, do you think? What's, what, what's the biggest threat to City on Saturday? I think it's, it's a little bit a combination of the two things that you just said. I think it's the fact that they're defensively incredibly strong and incredibly solid, um, but then they have an array of attacking threats and attacking talents and i think that um i heard it on a on a podcast this week on the city report podcast i should give that a shout out there in a milan preview was really good um they the lads on there the inter milan uh the two italian experts that were on there they were talking about uh demarco and bastoni their crossing ability apparently bastoni has got the highest percentage of accurate crosses in the champions league this season so i think the fact that they've got they're defensively really solid they've got this kind of they've got the wing backs who dumfries on the other side is really good as well i thought he was uh i thought he was great in the world cup as well um to have those two wing backs and then to have you can having to be being able to pick between Lautaro, Lukaku, 
and Dzeko and having Mkhitaryan, who, you know, is a really good footballer. At the end of the day, he, he he's a he's a dangerous footballer. Um, so there, it's funny because Ali said before, you know, like rationally, objectively, City should win. I just, I, I'm, I'm not sure it's that straightforward. I think one of the, I think one of the important things to recognize going into tomorrow night is Inter Milan are a brilliant football team. There's just no doubt about it. I've seen, I've, I've heard a few, few, the last time I said this, a few lads sent me messages going, I watched into this season and they're rubbish. We're going to kill them. And maybe, maybe there's an element of me sort of, you know, Maybe I'm trying to temper my own expectations by saying that they're that good. But I think when you look at the individuals that we've named, Barella, Bastoni, DiMarco, Dumfries, um, Dzeko, Lukaku, Lautaro, Mkhitaryan. I mean, it's they're just a top team. So I think that in terms of in terms of how we how we look at tomorrow night, I look at tomorrow night as a very difficult game of football. Simple. See, I completely buy into that. I 100% agree. But referring back to what I, Ali said before, about you know, fundamentally we should win this game because we're the better team. Imagine mm. an Inter Milan podcast, a version of us talking about City right now. <laughs> what are they saying? They would be shitting themselves. <laughs> so that's the thing I'm trying to remember is the fact that, you know, they are more scared of us than we are of them. Absolutely, and and I think the thing to the thing to remember from from our point of view is that there is nobody in the Serie A that plays at the level that City play at. I would hazard a guess in a Milan have not played a single team this season that play at the level that City play at. Maybe the closest in their own league would be Napoli, but they did beat Napoli as well. So that, there's a lot of little, there's a lot of little things around in Milan that have made me go, it's not a gimme tomorrow. It's really not a gimme. But at the same time, as I say, they won't have faced anybody as good as City this season. And we are in, it's not that we're in like amazing, amazing form. I think that we're just, we've become this amazing team. The collective is actually stronger than the sum of its parts. Uh, and that's part of what makes us so dangerous is that in the past we would have to, everybody would have to play well for City to win games. And now actually City don't even have to play that well to win games of football. They're that good. They're that solid defensively. They're that dangerous in the attack that I don't think we played great against United. Six out of 10 performance at best. For me, we won that game comfortably, and the only goal we conceded was from a daft penalty. So, it's yeah. I mean, I, I think City win, yeah, but I don't think that that Inter Milan are jokes. I think that they will come correct, and they will be very serious, and they will not roll over and and let City tickle their tummy. Well, tentative optimism, I think, is a good place to leave that there um and kind of turn to the personal really um ali where are you watching the game on saturday uh, i'm gonna be at home actually before, before i talk about me though can i come back one more point about inter we we nearly covered it and then i've reminded it um i think there's a there's a, a notable feature of the results pretty much all the season but particularly in the last few months they've won loads and loads of games by the odd goal They've won 3-2 yeah. or 2-1 or 1-0. Um, and you can say on one hand that suggests that they're not miles better than the teams they're playing against. But the other thing it shows is that they've got a, a real competitive edge. They know how to win football matches even when there's a not, not a lot in it. Um, and, you know, that's something that we struggled with against Liverpool for a while who were, you know, not as good a team as us but had a, like this capacity to, to pull results out of nowhere um, even when they didn't necessarily deserve them. And I think in, in Zag he's got a bit of that going on with Inter um, and that's just one more thing to to watch out for and I wanted to get out there because uh, you know I'm, I, that's not in any way a, a disrespecting them that's actually a, you know, kind of I'm, I'm putting some kudos oh, somewhere yeah. in with that observation 
Um, anyway, but well, yeah, as for me, uh, no, I uh, th- there was some talk. One of my friends was uh, talking about booking a, um, a function room in one of the local bars in Levensium and watching in there. And then I messaged him this week saying, "Are, you, are we going to do this?" Like, I'm in Istanbul. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that ain't happening. But I have got um, my my loving family are gathering around me my my older son who's been working away for the last few weeks and i'm a bit and missed his 21st birthday um he's coming back with his partner and they're gonna watch with uh my younger son who's bringing a couple of his mates around and and we're gonna have a proper family gathering there they're gathering by my bedside as if i've got like a terminal disease or something (laughs) mostly uh to to rally to my support so i'm very grateful for that um it does mean i've i've uh, it gives me a nice schedule for the day. Uh, we've got sun, beautiful sunshine here in Manchester for, for those who are not in town. Uh, we've got positive uh, Ibiza light weather at the moment. Um, so my plan is to go out in the morning, uh, spend a good few hours out in the garden, pulling up some weeds and just generally making myself useful and trying to stay off social media. Uh, and then I will, I will spend some time in the afternoon uh, knocking up a few curries and, and, like buggering about in the kitchen uh, and then hopefully that will make the long 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 hours through saturday fly by uh, by the time i've taken the dogs a little walk and come back in go you know, like the 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 uh interminable build-up begins in the telly at about six o'clock doesn't it uh so i will probably be there and the word go um but to be honest, my, my build-up has already started. I'm all, you know, already thinking about, you know, should I do a little run out to the shop for snacks this afternoon, like get myself get myself ready. Uh, but no, family occasion for me tomorrow. And actually, well, obviously, I wish I, uh, I wish it had been possible for me to get to Istanbul, which would have been the, the ultimate. But beyond that, I think I'd, I'd actually rather be uh, enjoying it with my boys and maybe even my wife, if I can persuade her, uh, than, than going out to a sports bar somewhere. So bring it on. I, I well basically my um plans very much echo yours um very much mirror yours it's having family around um and i'm thinking today should i go and get the snacks today or get them tomorrow i'll be making a curry in the afternoon as well um lovely my only my only debate at this point is what time do i start drinking i, I was <laughs> thinking that about before i, I think because I'm, I'm a bit of a lightweight three o'clock is is i'm not going to go t- do anything before three. It's, I'll stick to, to. You mean three o'clock this afternoon, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at my watch now, guys. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I'm terrible at following a game of football when I'm really pissed. I can't do it. I just so yeah. I, I start at three, and it should be just right then. Um, Aston, where are you watching the game? <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, just, uh, I, I just like the way that you said that. Like, yeah, uh, uh, I don't like watching games when I'm pissed. So I'm going to start drinking at three, bro. Three is five hours before the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unless you take a sip an hour. <laughs> you um, yeah. well, I'll be making a curry, so it will be sips. I'll be all right for the first couple of hours. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, you you, you got, got something to line your stomach with. You'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so my Champions League weekend, as I said, began last night. Uh, went out, had a had a big one with a friend of mine. Tonight, I'm I'm giving you the full schedule, by the way, for the weekend. Not just not just what I'm doing tomorrow. Tonight, I'm going to a place called Beach House for a dinner and a party. Um, tomorrow we are tomorrow. I'm going to spend the day at home because we're going to go and watch the game at the hard rock cafe hotel because they've got a sports bar in there like a massive sports bar and it sort of a friend of mine's coming my wife's going his missus is going so we kind of wanted to pick somewhere that like if they're basically if they want to get off they can walk out and they're implied in boston they can they can have a mooch around um I'm going to watch the game in there. And they don't close until one o'clock, which means that even if it goes to extra time, there's plenty of time afterwards to continue drinking. Although I promised my wife, I don't know why I promised this, but I promised her that I wouldn't be terribly hungover on, on Hmm. Sunday. Um, which uh, it's like, well, just cancel uh, that now. Well, (laughs) you know what? Let me explain, let me explain it. And I, and and honestly, like this is, it's it's a bit wanky. So apologies. Like I don't want anybody giving me any shit afterwards. So we, we, she's been invited to a very small gathering, uh, by 
an actress who's dead famous who lives in Ibiza, right? And so she spent, and Claire doesn't listen to this podcast, so she's, <laughs> so it's fine. She's not going to say, I'm not going to get slapped for it. But she spent like the last three days basically going to me, Sunday night means a lot to me, eh, son? So please make sure that you're fine. <laughs> cut to cut to 6 a.m. on Sunday morning and I'll still be up outside. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you can see it happening. It's one of those things in life, isn't it, where you don't want it to happen, but you can see you just, it. Happening. Yeah, you know it's you just you just you just know it's coming. I'm just you? I'm just picturing you, Isan, in a kind of torn city shirt, like singing <laughs> singing the Everywhere song at the top of your voice, getting getting dragged into a Hollywood starlet's mansion. <laughs> can, can I just ask, Isan, is it Judy Dench? Uh, no, oh. no, o- other <laughs> side, other side of the age spectrum, right? So, right? So, <laughs> now I've got this kind of sim, no, not similar because it's not a Hollywood actress, but um, we go into the beach on Sunday, and my wife said, um, yesterday, oh, I'm so looking forward to Sunday, a family day out. We never have family day out, and all I was thinking was, my mood may depend on the football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sand between your toes is all well and good if you're. European Cup winners, but let's wait and see. Um, lads, I think that concludes our business today. And um, thank you very much. You've helped alleviate my nerves. And as I said um, five minutes ago, I'm feeling tentatively optimistic. And I think that's probably the best approach to go into a big game. Um, thank you very much, Asan. I, I agree. Thank you too. I just want to say um, to everybody who is listening and has listened all season, thank you very much. Absolutely. You have been, you're an amazing audience and we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you, all of you. I love it when you do a pod and then you go back to work and, you know, work's going a bit crap and someone just sends something lovely on Twitter and you just think, oh, I bloody love you lot. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> they are ace. Uh, Ali, thank you very much. Ah, ooh. We'll follow you everywhere. <laughs> All together now. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, as I said, Steph, thanks everyone for listening in and thanks for the season. And uh, let's hope it's got a very happy ending. I believe it will. Um, that's a wrap for today, folks. Next stop, the Ataturk Stadium in Istanbul. So with that in mind, it's time to pour ourselves a drink. A treble, naturally. In the meantime, take care of yourselves, everyone. And Asan, do you want to take it away? Up the blues. What's the tip?